people want to put put the ball in their mouths and bite it and pay seventy five dollars whatever punishment we decide to have. All for you. I want somebody to have seven first-round draft picks, eventually. Each year, the 10 members of the Norwich Football League battle for a chance at fantasy football's highest honor. The Peach Hog is as elusive as the creature from which it takes its name. Owners fight injuries, their own stupidity, and each other for the chance to have their name etched into that hallowed plastic. Some owners try to win the right way, building championship teams through the draft and savvy roster management. Others think the right way is something for the justice system to decide. But in this league, there are only two classes of people, the Hogs and the Hog Knots. This series will examine the character, history, and failures of those who were furthest from the trophy in the previous season, the loser's bracket. Through analysis and interviews, we will uncover what went wrong and what, if anything, will make the upcoming season different. Is it time to sleep on the commish or will Deshaun's biggest fan get redemption for the land? This podcast seeks an answer to that question. This is Hog Knox. That is easily the closest I've come to laughing while you were in the middle of that. So that was pretty good. I'm proud of the fact that we've never had to do a reread on one of those. Um, yeah. And I do have it up on my kind of second monitor, which is really that the absolutely god awful TV that the girls had in their house for uh, for um, years of college, which means that yeah. twelve point font has about three pixels allocated per character. So I really do have to like squint up there uh, when I read it. Right. But I think it went well. Uh, we got the point across, and we're into the final and much awaited episode of Hog Knocks. Yes, it is. Uh, and with that, let's welcome in our audience, everyone. Welcome to the final episode for this season of Hog Knox. Uh, I am Diesel, joined, of course, by Colin, uh, who just read that fantastic intro. Um, and Colin, you know, we're, we're look, we've been looking forward to this one for a while, as you said. Um, it'll come up again more later, but uh, yeah, we, we've, we've been a little delayed on this one uh, between my schedule and Colin's. It's been uh, rough attempting to get some time to actually record this one, so we're finally doing it uh, with, honestly, let's just call it what it is, a month and a half really to spare. Yeah, I mean, all that could really have been expected is for us to get this prepared by the time we did the draft preview or review. I'm not sure which is the, which is actually episode zero. Um, review, probably. I think it's uh, so. Pretty, I don't know, yeah. So 0.1, 0.2, we'll call it that. As far as I'm concerned, we finished way ahead of schedule. But mm-hmm. I will acknowledge that, you know, the delay between the third and the fourth episode isn't ideal. We were just... Uh, in very difficult portions of our lives, schedule-wise, uh, with John being a slave to the engineering uh, mm-hmm. discipline and uh, me kind of traveling and uh, just trying to get settled in a new job. So, But we're back, and we back. Uh, we're excited to give you this final episode with who I'm sure a lot of you have wa- will be wanting to hear from, the commish, been in yeah. hiding for an extended period of time has not made a public appearance related to the league in the better part of a, of a year. So um, we're looking forward to talking to him later on. And before we do that, uh, I'd like yeah. to present this week's friend of the week, Woo. Uh, who I am going to give this week's friend of the week to Eli Zettler, who has put together just an absolutely fantastic uh, introductory 
D&D campaign for the uh, those those noobs of us as such as Mike and myself. And we've been having a great time with that over in the D&D channel of the Discord. Feel free oh, to yeah. drop in if you're interested in some uh, some little auxiliary lore. Uh, you can find that over in the D&D channel. Um, but Eli's been doing a really good job. He's put together like detailed maps and shit and like um, just really doing an awesome an awesome job with that. And I'm having a great time. Uh, and then also, you know. Just out and about, always a good time. If you if you're in the neighborhood and you see Eli, wave to him, and you're not going to regret it. So just Eli, go, friend of the week, go grab him. Yeah, just go grab him. Just go grab him by the neck, whatever, whatever you can grab <laughs> by the hair. There's a lot of hair usually. <laughs> uh, so Eli, congratulations, and uh, worst friend of the week is going to be Brian. All right, John, correct. What what do we have on the table for this week? All right, so as Colin alluded to already, we're going to be diving into our uh, our final. Uh, topic, our final subject, I guess, of Hognox, the commish. And now let's dive straight into our little owner profile for the man himself. Okay, so, Colin, would you like to just run us through some of the, you know, the, the, the data, if the you will? Level. Yeah, so I'll give you guys a little of the high level on Charlie. Uh, so we always start with with the year that brought them here, which uh, is 2021. And last year, Charlie finished 3-11. and 11, And honestly, the three is sort of a miracle. I would say <laughs> certainly made a bid uh, for un, for un, unwinning team. Uh, is, is this the, the worst record we've ever had? I do not believe so. No. Um, I, I don't have the... I think there was one year that Zach had three wins, but he had fewer losses just by virtue of having fewer games oh, in a season. Oh, actually, Zach, or so sorry, Alex went two and ten <laughs> the the first year of the league. Okay, um, and okay. I don't believe that anyone. And actually, in Gary's first year, I believe he went three and ten, uh, okay. which is, I guess, technically better, but not really. Not really. Um, this is, so, yeah. however, the most deserving loser we've ever had. Yeah, I mean, first Charlie had all of the uh, he had all of the trappings of a loser this past season. He had the injuries, he had the underperforming players, and then he compounded it by his few bright spots being being sold um, in much much bandied fashion. Um, I have pulled up in the document here just his roster from week one and his roster from week. 16 uh it's hilarious down the list of the guys that he was wheeling out there so like week one he had nick chubb clyde edwards alaire robert woods adam thielen david montgomery as his like core position players and in week um 16 he had clyde ronald jones michael gallup christian kirk mil numerous million dollar man christian kirk charlie was yeah not wrong, just early, apparently. It was early. Uh, and Van Jefferson at flex. A variety of in various injured guys down the down the line um, on the benches. Um, but and- not really, though. That's Because my thing was, when you put this in here, I looked through, I was like, oh, Michael Gallup was his top receiver. But he had to have had a better guy on his bench injured. No. Just just it, Devontae Smith and A.J. Green were... He had, uh, nothing, he had nothing nowhere. In, in any level of health. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is 
decent at like if he was like your but flex he was guy. So bad by the end of the season, like, he was bad. They yeah. just they, he was just irrelevant. They wouldn't use him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Charlie had the Daryl Williams like that was just them. They were the most useless tandem because they both would would be in the game and neither would get played. Yeah, um, I mean it. Sh- so Charlie sold Nick Chubb for a first round pick. He sold uh, David Montgomery for a third round pick. Um, actually, for John's third round pick, funny enough, and uh, threw me. I, in yes, John's it went um, there. Yeah, I would never have given it to Charlie directly. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's much to say about Charlie's season last year. Everyone knows why he lost. His team was ass, and then he made it worse. Yes. Um, so it's kind of that's kind of just what happened. But yeah, he finished three and eleven, uh, which does which did bring his cumulative record in fantasy to 43, 46 and one. Uh, so Charlie is actually under the, um, under the 500 mark for his career as a, as a team. Um, as he's discussed, he had never missed the playoffs. He had finishes in order of third, second, fourth, first, sixth, sixth, and then 10th. So the one thing I do take away from this, John, is that the trend, uh, is certainly, in the negative direction and Charlie has not had a top four finish in basically half of the league's history. Uh, so yes. basically so since, as he'll say, 2019, uh, or 28, 20, yeah, 29, 2018, which is when he won. Um, he's yet to finish above the top six. So it certainly has slipped away from him in recent, in recent years. Um, no, it's absolutely correct. Um, Charlie's uh, finishes plotted, you know, with respect to time, look like a really fucked up bell curve. Um, really, I, and I mean, that's maybe unfair, just given the fact that, you know, third, second, fourth, first, that just essentially means he made the playoffs and in one case made the championship game three times and just never actually won it. Uh, and then he actually got the win in there. And then after that, yeah, it's just essentially just an also ran is really. What I took away from this, John, is that I actually think Charlie is the most average team in our entire league. More than Brian. Yes. He's basically, he's basically 500. Yeah. He, his best season was 2015 when he went, he went eight and three in 2015. That was his best record. Um, that is tough. He yeah. Never won other than 20. So, so here's the, here's the thing that I find interesting about Charlie. The year that two of the years he got sixth, he finished six and seven. Theory won, he finished seven and six. Um, the year he got third, he finished seven and six. She's just um, a mediocre ass. The year he got fourth, he finished, um, Six and six. So he basically he basically finishes with six or seven wins every single year, um, with the exception of last season where he finished obviously well below with sort of mitigating circumstances. But I think that what you get out of Charlie is you can pretty much count on six or seven wins, and it really depends to how the dice fall elsewhere in the league where he ends up. Uh, in or outside of the playoffs, and then in or outside of contention come the playoffs. So he is effectively the anti-Zach, honestly. Yeah, or, yeah, I mean, really any of the guys that sort of have polarizing rec- polarized records, 
he and Char, he and Mike are the same in that we said Mike had won between three and five games every year of his entire yeah. existence. Uh, Charlie is is like that in terms of consistency. It's just that he like three more wins, three more wins, and that's the difference between having a chance to win the league, right? Yeah. So, um, and I do I, think I actually found that interesting. That yeah, Charlie went eight and three in 2015, the inaugural year, and he has never won um, eight more games, than seven yet. games. That's hilarious. And I do think that so uh, honestly, the thing that stuck out to me when I was just reading through this doc before we started was that. It is actually shocking the amount of damage that one really bad season will do to your overall record. Even, I mean, we're a lot of years in, and Charlie's been here for every single year. And if you take out this past year, Charlie's sitting at a record of 40, 35, and 1. Which is not great, but it's not bad. It's pretty solid. He's a couple games over 500. And then he tanks, goes three and eleven, and now he's staring down the barrel of forty three, forty six, and one, which makes him look like one of the worst teams that we have. Yeah, and that's why I didn't want to come out and say that Charlie's one of the worst teams because, like, I've just been talking about his consistency of record, and obviously he had one year that dragged that down substantially. Um, but certainly he has to be looking this year to try to get back to at least within a game of five hundred, um, right? As far as as far as this year's record, so. Um, the last yeah. thing we really do is is we look at a character analysis or or flaws um, mm-hmm. with, with the per, with the owner to kind of see what was it that brought them to their lowly stage. So, John, I don't know if you have any initial thoughts on this. Um, I have one flaw. I no, I well, that's that's a lie. I have a lot of flaws, but I have two. I guess that I want to discuss. The one that's non-fantasy related is uh, his biggest flaw, which is not admitting that he has sleep apnea, which he absolutely does. Um, that's just, I think we should get that out of the way right now. We'd be so remiss if we didn't mention more, If he was more well-rested, he could have done better in a... He couldn't have done much worse, Colin, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I think fair. But on top of that, I think his other flaw is... Um, Chuck is uh, Chuck is a consistent man uh, by virtue of being a stubborn man, and that has really come to pass in no bigger way than his uh, abandonment of this podcast. <laughs> I think I think that that's I mean if we're gonna just discuss Chuck for a whole episode, I think we can't avoid that the fact that Chuck did. Um, he, he left he, everybody. He left everyone he, in a very well telegraphed manner. I guess I'll give him um, and. It, it is no affront to me personally that I think everyone in the league, including myself, would rather have Charlie in this seat than me right now. So, I mean, it, it, it has to be it has to be said that it is a, it is a, a substantial loss for the league. It coach. is. I mean, everyone in the league, I think, would agree that it would be better if it was you and Charlie rather than you and I. Like, I think that, that is a an easy I, trade. I don't know if they would agree with that, John, but. I think my um, I know I know you have to have low self esteem as part of the brand, but it uh, is I, it, it is a part of. I, I I'm not really too too sure that that would be accurate. Uh, but well, no, I mean, just because I do think that this was obviously Chuck's baby, start to finish. I was brought in later, really more to be a sounding board because it's difficult to talk for an hour and a half to no, yourself. He's, he's always been the anchor, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. No, I've been steering the ship while Chuck provides all the, um, you know, actual driving force to these episodes. Um, yeah. So we've had to reinvent ourselves, which I think we've done a good job of thus far. 
Classic mixed metaphor where uh, the anchor is also the driving force of the ship. <laughs> not sure. Not sure we know. How, not sure we know how sailing works. Uh, we need Eli. One. We need Eli. God damn it. Um, but yes, yeah, I know. I think that's his biggest flaw right now. Is his okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess going into it, uh, you know, I, I certainly think everything you said there is correct. Uh, we could go into Charlie's flaws, which, um, you know, I feel like a lot of them have gotten hashed out in person in front of Charlie in ways to try to kind of make him sad. Uh, just right. a moment of a little vengeance. Um, so we don't need to go into that, but from a fantasy perspective, I do think that uh, some of the hubris that he's displayed with regards to being so vocal about being the one to make the playoffs every time, despite making the playoffs with losing records so often, was really playing with fire. Uh, it was. You you talk about how your six and seven first round pick or first round buy is, you know, all about your you um, over enough times, and the universe is going to come and and slap you in the ass every once in a while. So. Um, a little bit of that hubris and then a little bit of just, um, you know, I don't think this is necessarily a flaw as it's just, you know, different people would have different per- opinions about what's the right thing to do. The the lack of moral concern for tanking in, in a season that you, you can see is sort of slipping away from you. Um, Charlie had the willingness to do that. I don't know if everyone would have. I'm guessing that most people would have, uh, but it does take a certain level of disdain for the um, for the quality of the competition and the validity of the league to be the first. Right. And Charlie clearly has demonstrated that he doesn't care about those things. Like, um, I would say it was like it was just really like the live golf move yeah. of the new rules. Right. There's it nothing was, saying yeah. you can't do it, uh, but it does certainly seem. Like, it's probably not the right thing to do. I agree. I also think that, because really the only thing stopping you from doing that is a a level of pride. Like, I feel like, there's because there's no real, like, as we've discussed ad nauseum now, the loser's punishment isn't really enough to dissuade a lot of people. So really the biggest thing keeping you from doing that is just the pride of, like, I'm just going to suck. It is an interesting distinction that, I think is sometimes not made that there's a difference between arrogance and pride. Like yeah. you could be a, the most, I mean, Charlie is among the most arrogant people when it comes to fantasy that you get. Um, but clearly he's arrogant to be flamboyant. He's not arrogant to have pride in what he's doing. Right. Um, and that, that kind of gap there. Um, I think let him down this road and we'll see if it works out. But we will. that's, I think that's it for character analysis and flaws. So what do we have coming up next, John? All right. So now let us dive into um, something that I feel like as I've been going through this, I think is going to be a rehash, but I'm excited for it nonetheless. We're going to dive into our Mount Rushmore of Chuck moments. Okay, Colin. So the reason why I say this is a rehash is as I was going through these... It's a rehash. It's all we ever talk about. Well, it's, it is always a rehash, but the fact that um, we did the... Uh, before your bachelor party, we did like the like Mount Rushmore of just league moments, or just moments of people in general. Like We did these like uh, 
Like we I went through. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I I, I do remember that. It yes. was moments in general, but so many of them were Charlie moments that I do feel like as I've been going through these, I've sort of been like, wait, shit. I've, <laughs> we've done a lot of these already, uh, but I'm kind of excited I, to see what we come with. I did put up an. I did put a, a little bit of an effort into thinking of some of the more <laughs> hilarious ones that are a little bit on the fringe of um, a fr- fringe of the rehash sphere, which is. Um, so much a part of all of our lives. I, I, it, it is interesting uh, because, and as I'll, I'm going to prep while I say this, because bringing Gabriella like sort of into our group, I never realized how much we rehashed. Like I knew that we did, but I thought that like everyone kind of just rehashed. I learned from Garrison. I learned yeah. from Garrison. The fact yeah. that she was just like, do you guys ever talk about something that happened like recently or like, just like, no. We, we yeah, discussed I mean, I, my counter to that is that we, when you put up your performance at my wedding, it was heavily rehashed for some time and still will be. And it will um, be always. Yeah. The concentration of debauchery has gone down as we've all grown up as people. It's true. Um, like it's very true. It's not, we could, we could do a rehash and like, wow, Zach bought that million dollar house and then immediately bought $25,000 worth of appliances. Ha ha. Um, yeah. It's not nearly as funny as like, yeah. Um, you know, I found Brian butt ass naked in the bathroom <laughs> last night. <laughs> and then so, you later were butt ass naked in the bathroom found by others. Not important. Not, not important. important. But, but right, anyway. Um, well, I don't remember who led off the last Mount Rushmore that we did. So I think you get to go first. Well, I took out this fun little coin. Oh, cool. I have this okay, little coin. So we're going to do it that way. Colin, call it in the air. Um, the heads is obviously Pikachu, and the tails is the knot. Uh, so heads. And it is heads. So Colin, okay. uh, you get I to pick. Defer. Okay, you'll defer. All right, so I'll take the first pick. <laughs> Much to do about nothing, but whatever. All right. Um, oh, this is hard. I have a number one pick. But if you don't think I'll take it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. I have two tries, have two <clears throat> tries at it. You have two tries. So I'm going to do, I think, the safer idea here. So I'm going to go number one. Um, you know where to go. Yep. I have that on my list. Certainly. Yeah. Um, so, again, we've done this so many times. Uh, but... So essentially, this was when Charlie got hit by a car. Uh, the guy like pulled over and said, "Like, oh my God, is there anything I can do for you?" And Charlie said, "Just give me a ride home." And then Chuck, while hammered, just sits down in the guy's car and goes, "You know where to go." And the guy had no fucking idea where he was supposed to go. Uh, and then he proceeded to relay all of this. He also didn't get the guy's insurance information, like name, license plate, anything. My the thing that I that's always stick stuck stick with wow the sticks with for me that has always stuck with me about this story is when is is not the actual story it's charlie coming inside because it was in his uh it was in his cash era and I that just, was the beginning of the era and i just did the hand gesture for those of you who know what i'm talking about um and i just remember him coming inside and doing the 
cash and uh cash. then explaining what happened and it being such a not cash situation that <laughs> it was the opposite he could have sued the guy and probably gotten some cash uh, <laughs> and instead got nothing. He got a ride home. yeah he so, got a ride home a good pick and yeah john i agree we could keep like the summaries kind of short and just That's add whatever thinking. whatever personal you know connection that we have to the story um we can we can but throw in there it but. was the beginning that was the night that he walked in and did the cash motion and we all went what the fuck are you talking about yeah. and then then he explained it so that's and i guess cool. the, the other thing to tag onto that is that we didn't know at the time that it was a budding pattern because he would later get that ride home from t who, uh, <laughs> oh fuck i forgot about t <laughs> who uh <laughs> who both made him pay for gas, made him pay way more than an Uber would cost, and way could more. Have just kidnap and killed him at any point along that ride. So easily. All right, Colin, give give me yours. All right, so my first pick is going to be the um, Charlie. The sequence of events of Charlie sitting on the uh, coffee table from the girls next door at the North, breaking it. Um, breaking it slightly, and then instead of owning up to it, uh, shattering it into small pieces and scattering it around the property <laughs> to make it look like somebody like took a hammer to it and uh, trying to frame uh, oh most, fit, most fit drunk guys, which would eventually capitulate into the most fit drunk guys fight. Um, but uh, the obviously the Charlie moment isolated of that somehow being his, um, his logical progression of, I just accidentally broke this. What I should do is right. Overize the thing and, and scatter the evidence to the wind. It's, it's a good thing that you bring this up because it really gets into something that we don't talk about nearly enough, which is Charlie, the, um, I forget the word, but serial liar is essentially what I'm going for here. Um, yeah, it's like kleptomaniac, but uh, but there's a word for it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it's yeah. essentially that where Charlie just lies less because it's the more convenient thing to do and more because... Um, pathological. Pathological liar, thank you. Um, and more just because it, it's the more fun thing to do for him at the moment. Uh, it's, it's a thing that occurs to him sooner. Uh, yeah. which I think is kind of a fun uh, piece of Charlie that uh, there are many pieces, but that might be the one that we discussed the least for how much of it rules the thing. Or it at least about. did in our time uh, with, with Charlie in close quarters. Yeah, it absolutely did. All right, Colin, uh, give All us right. two. So coming around the turn, I'm going to take um, the – Charlie falling down the ravine on Wade Boggs Day. Oh, fuck, it's so good. And the subsequent hour-long journey <laughs> um, of really redemption that he underwent trying to get back up. I like to I like to hear just like montage music in the background as Charlie makes it like three feet, tumbles down again, maybe four, falls down again. Um, I'm... And just the amount of money that I would pay to even watch the initial tumble of a man just trying to take a pee in peace and just not being able to do it anymore. Um, so I'm going to take, I'm going to take Charlie falling down the ravine. Uh, that's, and, and I think everyone will know what that is and it doesn't really need further explanation. That's such a good one. And I just like the image of like a Greek scholar being teleported forward in time, 
millennia upon millennia and being dropped into that ravine, looking at it and going, oh, Sisyphus. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. complete sense. <laughs> yeah, he's just... He's just a man pushing his rock, but instead of a rock, he's just hammered from it. <laughs> it's his own, own bulk. Um, okay. Um, that's a really good one that I honestly completely forgotten about. Uh, I'm going to go for my second round pick. I'm going to go with the, um, the infamous Olympics opening ceremony performance. Uh, where Charlie obviously uh, was absolutely facing... Uh, water vodkas, I believe, was the the thing that he was consuming. Wait, Olympics opening performance. Oh, oh yeah. okay, the actual Olympics. I was like thinking beer Olympics. No, this was the actual Olympics. We went to the girls' it house. Was, it was vodka waters. Yeah, there was no crown. I don't think it was vodka waters. It was vodka waters. I think uh, Charlie then was nodding off in this chair, this, like, pattern chair that the girls had. And um, we uh, we were all sitting there kind of watching the ceremonies, and I distinctly remember making a $5 bet with Paul uh, because we were like, do you think he falls asleep tonight, or like, while sitting here or not? Like, does he fall asleep just sitting straight up, or does he, like, stay awake and then walk home? And I believe Paul won because he did, in fact, fall asleep for like a half second and then proceeded to vomit all over himself in the chair. So, um, and then sprinted. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, my favorite part about that story is actually putting him outside with Brian and then Brian walking back inside. And like, I turn around and it's like, Brian was standing there. I was like, Brian, where's Charlie? And he just goes, he's outside. It's like, are you serious? And we walk out and he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was the fan. That was the real Phantom Menace. <laughs> it was. It was the Phantom Menace. Um, okay, so that's two, and then for number three, I pick this every time, and I never want to actually outline exactly what happened because I I hate the notion of it. But it is quite the story. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Are You Ticklish here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I decided to omit that, but it certainly has it deserves its place. Um, and I'm not going to say anything about it. So, Colin, why don't you pick your third round pick? Yeah, I think everyone will know uh, where that one falls for them personally. Um, all right, so for my third pick, so I kind of tried, obviously, and maybe we could do this in honorable mentions, um, like Charlie being passed out somewhere is just not novel because it eventually just happens so many times. Right. Um, so I did try to sort of find some more unique uh, versions of the same thing. And so I think what I'm going to go for is one that I have a personal af- affection for, which is freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of, This might actually be a new story for some people. Uh, so Charlie's roommate didn't move in. Um he just never showed up and um, for school. So Charlie had an empty room. And I had a friend uh, from that was like a mutual friend from, from high school. And I was like, hey, he was in one of the towers and he hated it. And I was like, hey, I have, I've got a guy with an open room. He said, as long as he's like, as long as you're not, he's not an asshole, he can move here. This is Owen, by yeah. the way. Owen um, Morrow. 
bit of a misread by me in retrospect. Slight, but yeah. That being said, when I when I pitched the same idea to Owen, he was like, as long as he's not like a dirty guy, then <laughs> or like he's like under control. And I, you know, okay. So it's like the weekend Owen is supposed to move there. And Charlie goes out somewhere. I don't know if it was with his cousin. He was doing that sometimes. He ends up in his room. Um, we find him in the morning. He's on the floor of right. his room. Door open. Yeah. He's just on the floor. The floor is quite, the floor is quite wet. Uh huh. And Charlie's adamant. I did not piss myself. <laughs> I did. I did not piss myself. Um, and we're like Charlie. The you you fell asleep on the floor, and the floor is wet like what, what happened and all charlie signs like, point charlie's like i was just sweaty um so I, my third pick is gonna be charlie uh pissing on the floor the day owen moved into his dorm room um which is very obviously what actually happened <laughs> oh god i knew where that was going and i still didn't want it to go there oh yeah yeah it was just sweat and he never washed the rug if i remember correctly uh, I'm sure he did not. Yeah. Because to wash it would have been to admit what yeah. it really was. And yeah. no, it was just sweat. Yeah. And huh. uh, it, it's, it was the later sight of the uh, of the infamous Charlie oh. rea- interaction on which you will get no comment in the, no uh, in the proceeding. In Immediate future. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for my fourth pick... Um, I think, you know, I wasn't there, but it, it's good enough that I think I'm going to have to go with the uh, the case of family grad party on which yeah. Charlie just completely folded. Um, like I said, I've only had, uh, I do not have any, any uh, prime, well, I do have, I have primary sources. I am not personally a primary source, yeah. but I have it on good, on good account that um, it was quite the spectacle of Charlie just getting hammered, throwing up on himself um being unable to stand upright and all the all the time it being so pedestrian to anybody that had gone to college with Charlie that like his mom was legitimately angry um <laughs> and i think that's that's the novelty of the grad party one is that it's like it's emblematic of how often this occurred that yeah. it occurred no one cared and Charlie's mom was like why the fuck does no one care about that? <laughs> as they carried him in like a dead pharaoh like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and sam um, his, and sam incinerated his shirt where it belonged honestly um no that's a fantastic one i also i wasn't there either so i'm glad you brought it up because yeah n- neither of us were primary sources but why not um okay my last pick the final pick period will be I can't go anywhere else besides the uh, the Zach stealing Charlie's hat uh, altercation. Uh, that's a good one. It just was always more of a Zach moment to me. Right? It's true. It, that's that's a very good point. But Charlie's because well, here's the thing though, because it was Charlie's hat. That's the thing. That's true. Like it couldn't, it it could not have possibly happened had Charlie not been insistent that Zach took the hat and that Charlie needed said hat back immediately. 
even that, though it was Matt that took it. It did not have to turn into into a big situation. No, it I did see. not. Uh, I honestly, at this point, we're so far removed from it that I don't even fully remember exactly what happened. Outside of Charlie's hat was gone. Matt told him that Zach took it. Charlie took it back and, like, said something? I, I think he took it back forcibly. He took it back forcibly, at which point Zach uh, put Charlie into a chokehold and they had to be separated. Um, it was, it was, I mean, it was something that we discussed ad nauseum for a while there. Um, I agree with you that it, it could potentially be uh, more of a Zach moment, but it, it's just more of a Zach moment in my head. That's see, that's my only, uh, my only reservation about it. That's fine. Um, okay. Well, before we get into honorable mentions, uh, why don't we go back through ours? I'll go through. So I had, you know, where to go, the Olympic opening ceremonies, ticklish, and then the Zach hat altercation. And I had, uh, spreading the broken table across the Norwich yard to frame most fit drunk guys, which there's really no way to summarize in any less words than that. No. Um, falling down the ravine on Wade Boggs day, uh, piss on floor the day Owen moved into the dorm and the case of family grad party failure as my four primaries. Um, okay. So I actually, I have quite a few honorable mentions because so do, so, so do I. Uh, you did not take a single one that I had written down. Really? Yeah. Um, All right, well, let's hear some, you can use yours first. I have okay. about six. So I have, I also have six. Okay. So I had the projectile vomit during the, uh, beer mile. Um, the one that Brian has, cla- has, has constantly, uh, quoted as being the truest form of the, the phrase projectile vomit. <laughs> uh, I had the Kelly armchair sleep. Um, I very intentionally st- Steered clear of that one. That's, I just, that's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you alluded to it, but I had the the Quincy interaction, as I believe you put it. <laughs> um, I had. I'm gonna try to make these better as I go on. I had the uh, the stooling of most fit drunk guys. <laughs> I forgot about stooling. <laughs> With Charlie. <laughs> Would just that lift up a stool and drop it onto that, the floor. That is a Charlie and Eli one. It is. I think that's true. Because Eli would order the stooling. Charlie was just the executioner. I like I can distinctly uh, remember Eli saying, All right, boys, we gotta stool him. See, that's when the jerseys came out, I distinctly remember them screaming, Charlie, you gotta stool him! And then Charlie just dropping the stool like five times over the course of that night. Um, uh, I Then I had the uh, the neck-kissing saga out of Chuck. That was uh, so random. Why, did, why was he doing that? He just kept kissing our necks. And then the final one that I almost went with for four that given your response, I think probably would have been the pick, but oh well, was uh, attempting to run through your door. Yeah, that was that was the one that I had overlap uh, running through the door. Um, so I will take that out of my honorable mentions. Okay, good. Um, I had Charlie absolutely 
punting the homeless man's cup of coins <laughs> outside outside of the arcade bar <laughs> where he literally just booted this man's night of earnings into high street scattered to the wind and then he had to like give him five bucks they went everywhere he had to like help this man like rake change back into piles to put back in the cup so i had that one um so bad i had the uh i had the brian's a bitch voicemail chain uh which is when charlie would just leave these really (laughs) creepy voicemails every time he got drunk of just like Breathing into the phone and saying Brian's a bitch. In the deepest voice he could muster. Um, yeah. I had falling asleep outside a theme. Yeah. Um, that was it by it by itself. I had um Charlie lathering himself from head to toe in aloe after I burned him. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good and one. And yeah. I had and then this was like certainly my last one, but I really enjoyed it. I had the uh Black cowboy hat OSU performance of Charlie being like just constantly on the jumbotron because yes. of his black cowboy hat. Yeah, that was a good one. That was, oh god. All right, so I think, but I, uh, that's pretty much all I have for this one. <coughs> and we will have a poll, um, maybe multiple polls if I can figure out how to do that. But we will. Have I think a poll. one should be enough. That we don't yeah. have two things to vote on. So that's this true. Um, all right, well that'll do it for Mount Rushmore. And now I think you heard us talk about him enough let's dive straight into our interview with the man himself the commish the legend lives on from the chippewa on down Okay, and now we are joined with the man of the hour himself. The commish returns to the pod. Uh, Chuck, how we doing? Good. This has been a long time coming, this episode. So, uh, I think, I I think much my, both, my, both myself and the rest of the league are probably looking forward to this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we just wanted to... To raise the suspense for when we brought on our clearly our highest profile guest, uh, not only the former um, co-conspirator of this podcast, but also the the leader of our league in general, and maybe one of the more infamous now uh, budding supervillains that our league has after really, <laughs> really a, a just slimy and despicable performance on the field last last season. Uh, also, to paint everyone a visual picture here, uh, Charlie appears to be going from this podcast where we're recording straight to a World Series of Poker table because he has on he has on like the like sports shades. He's got AirPods in and he's got a uh, a ball cap on. What's, His, what does that two- say? Oh, that's the one I got you. Okay. Yeah. In in John's defense about not being able to read that, Charlie's router appears to be constructed of potatoes and glue. Uh, because first of all, we're getting on video about one frame per second. And uh, 
It's one exactly frame right. about six pixels per frame. It's not the most crisp picture you'll ever get. But it looks like he's locked in and ready to go. So uh, if you're if you're ready, John, I figure we could get into the questions. Yeah, we may as well. Um, all right. Well, uh, Chuck, you know how this goes by now, but we're going to go back and forth here a little bit with some questions. Uh, and then obviously we'll give you some time to uh, to say your piece at the end here. But Colin, I believe the first one goes to you. Yeah. So Chuck, uh, my first question is just at what point would you say you lost your fastball? Well, first off, Colin, that's a great question. Only a few episodes under your belt. That was a really strong effort to come out of the gate with. You should be happy with what you just did right there. Um, oh, God. I would say the fastball was probably lost in the fall of 2019. That was the uh, – <laughs> What? That's really specific. Yeah. Charlie? Yeah. That was the uh, – that, that was in the title defense year. It was, uh, oh, not yeah. going, it was, it was, I was struggling to just make the playoffs. I did end up making the playoffs and breaking that, uh, breaking that drought of former winners not making the playoffs. But, uh, right around there is where I saw that some of the old tricks were no longer working. I was going to have to adjust and I've really not done a good job of doing that up to this point. So do you think 2019 or fall of 2019 was kind of where, where you started to lose your edge both in fantasy and just in like being funny or interesting or did that happen later or, or earlier? For sure. That's when the fantasy edge uh-huh. dropped off. Uh-huh. What about the other two? I've, I've, I've been up a, a very one trick pony for a while now. So I'll leave that up to the group to determine when that, <laughs> the rest of that fell off there. I bet a man's going to let But you're saying you, so. you've, <laughs> You've ne- you've stayed the same. It's just that your one trick lo- lost its luster at some point along the line. Correct. But you're the yes. same guy you've always been. Exactly. That's, I can I can appreciate that answer. I I think that's uh I think that's fair. Oh yeah. No, I think if there's one thing we can say about Charles, it's that uh, he, he's never been one to shy away from consistency. Yeah, he's, he's a consistent no. man, start to finish. Uh, all right, Chuck. Not consistent. Uh, you are uh all right chuck so what i'm curious about is as commissioner uh the seat you still hold despite leaving the podcast uh how do you plan to discourage tanking in a league while you yourself are actively tanking and then you're actually lying that you're tanking but then you later admit it um some confusing messaging here so i'd love for you to just clear that up for the people at home so what was the question how are you going to discourage tanking? tanking as the biggest tanker? Oh, I, plan to, I, pl- I plan to only encourage further tanking, if I would be honest <laughs> with you. Okay. People, people want to people put, put the ball in their mouths and bite it and pay $75, whatever punishment we decide to have, all for you. I want somebody to have seven first-round draft picks eventually if they can. Oh, that... I don't see a way that that would even be possible, but uh, I, I kind of love where you're. You have to at. draft supremely well and decide that you don't like your supremely good team, and then get rid of all your good players. <laughs> you have to basically have the best team and sell every single player instead of trying to win. Yeah, it would either be that or an Oklahoma City situation where you're trading, like you have a fir- an extra first this year, and you're trading it for like two firsts next year somehow. Which I don't even understand actually how that would even be possible. 
So do you think that $75 is, is enough of a punishment for, um, for what losing in the league signifies, especially given how intentionally it can be done in this yeah. day and age? No, I mean, that's, that's why I've been very pro finding – we've explored new punishment options. No one seems to um, – to, to I've laid numerous proposals to the Yeah. Like I said, the goal is always to make it less about winning and more about not losing. And to do that, you want to make the punishment right. enough for people want to avoid it. Um, $75, though, I would – I mean, I wouldn't tank every year, but I can see once every five years – Go ahead and throw in a tank in there and eating seventy five dollars, yeah. but having a really good team. The I mean, certainly, so, um, I think it's clear that the worst position in the league to finish now is like seventh because mm-hmm. you missed the playoffs. You had no chance of winning, uh, but you also probably kept enough of your players that you're going to be drafting and from the same footing as everybody else the next season, right? So, yeah. I mean. Yeah. It is pretty pointless. It's not um, not unlike the NBA model, where your options are be really good or be as bad as you can and get ready for the future. So, yeah. So, I mean, definitely something that uh, I'd be looking for leadership to to push from is sort of lighting that fire from the bottom. If the uh, <laughs> allure from the top is not good enough, um, which it clearly isn't at the moment. Which, yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you for that, Chuck. Uh, so I guess for my my question, this is more about just weighing, um, you know, it's hard to compare suffering. Uh, you know, it's a very subjective thing. So just from your perspective, what which was worse, losing the league or failing the MCAT? I never failed the MCAT, so you can go ahead and suck that Your one. dad no. had a different opinion. I've heard from a reliable yeah, my dad, my, source. My dad close. doesn't doesn't know what that what that means. He just kept sick. Because I, I took it again. He's like, "Oh, you must have failed the first time." It's not what happened. Um, See, what I'm hearing is that you failed how, the first. I don't, I don't know. How, I don't know how yeah. that feels. What? That's what that's what I got out of that statement. Yeah, that's what I heard. How? Okay, let's. Yeah, well, I'll modify that. How does having one of the most important people in your life believe that you failed the MCAT compared to uh, losing the league. The man you're named after. Let's put it that way. <laughs> losing the league is a lot. I guess they were both very much. Well, I guess the because I didn't actually fail the MCAT. That's not in my control. <laughs> losing the league was entirely in my control. So I guess I can't, I can't stop okay. my dad from saying I failed the MCAT. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say losing the league. I knew what happened eventually. There would be a time where I missed the playoffs. There would be a time where I probably eventually lost. Is it bad that it happened all in one foul swoop? I don't know if that's better or worse than it being broken up. But uh, that was definitely in my control fully. And so it probably feels a little bit worse. Okay. All right. I, see, I would think it'd be the other way, given that you also, also good question. Also, good question, Colin. I like how you're improving as we go along here. Thanks, Charlie. I actually thought that uh, my first question was better, but the validation from such a storied mentor as yourself um, certainly will make me never think about this ever again. Yeah. I kind of feel like I should just leave at this point. Um, All right. So, Chuck, uh, now we're going to get into something that I feel like is um, probably, you know, in your wheelhouse, truly. Uh, This is a two-parter. Number one, as a future doctor 
are you getting better at making diagnoses? And then uh, the second part of this question is, can you diagnose why you were so bad at fantasy last year? Well, by nature of practice, I am getting better at diagnosing things. So that's, there we go. That's yes. That's a yes to that. I am getting better. Um, what was the most recent thing you diagnosed? Prove it, Charlie. What, what was the most recent thing you diagnosed? Um, Sam, like, cut himself, and I was able to tell if it was, like, a bug bite or a poison ivy or just a cut from a tree branch. That was kind of – that was really it. I don't, I don't go around diagnosing people, but, you know, I did I did just uh, pass – Clearly, because that kind of sucked. I did pass big tests where they test you on B-Aurelia diagnosed stuff, so I can say that I, you know, I did that. Okay, what was the what was the hardest thing in the test to take, yeah. to diagnose? Um, like, give me an example. I'm just trying. Right, you know, so gave, you can say whatever yeah, you want. I'm just looking for a little validation. No, here's 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 a decent example. They gave like a big history, and they gave specific like. Uh, sensory and motor defect on somebody's hand and you need to be able to tell where in their brachial plexus the nerve lesion was at so that's that's an example that's that's pretty cool that sounds hard yeah all right now apply that same that same uh mental rigor to uh your your failure at fantasy frankly about why diagnose why i was so bad last year that's the question right yeah where was where was the nerve legion in your fantasy technique so it was a cut was a a combination of drafting subpar players making incorrect roster decisions and then when i made a good decision that player supposed to be getting injured the following week and no longer being available um those two combined with me actively offloading multiple of my good players in the middle of the season kind of culminated in my team being so bad that there was literally no chance I was not going to lose by about week 11 or 12. Well, I have to say that was uh, concise and effective. It uh, was. Maybe work on the bedside manner, but uh, <laughs> I, I do think you hit it on the head there, so I appreciate it. <coughs> also, I will say, if I could just I, cut in. The, oh, one, the, ahead, one, the one day where I thought that the, uh, the universe was out to get me was I make – the trade with Paul and specifically got rid of certain players being like, as long as I keep Robert Woods, he's, he was playing really well at the time. I think I can score enough points to be okay. And then the next week he tore his ACL. And I was like, this is not going to be my year. <laughs> um, if I could just make one quick point, just to peel back the curtain for the league here. Um, I'm just like staring at our sound patterns as they go by in the bottom here. And do you guys remember that play where like Tyreek Hill caught like a slant and then the two safeties were like 20 yards downfield and Tyreek Hill somehow outran both of them to the end zone? Charlie's little thing is Tyreek Hill and Colin and I are those two safeties. And I have no idea exactly how it's happening. Oh, yeah. We like, we don't have the bar. No, we have the bar. Charlie's is just going at double the speed of ours. Yeah. Yeah, we have no idea. I have no Here. clue. Char- Charlie is... My, Athens may just have a black hole hovering over it that's slowing down Charlie's uh, Charlie's passage of time. Either that or he's on a bullet train. <laughs> Who knows? Cancel any, can't rule anything out. It's all possible. All right, Colin, uh, why don't you give us your next one? Yeah, so speaking of Bedside Manor, how would your life be different if you had embraced your relationship with Quincy? <laughs> I, I missed that that last one. 
I, I didn't hear the end of it because I heard John laughing instead. Sorry. Oh, I said, how would your life be different if you had embraced your relationship with Quincy? It's that he began with speaking of bedside manner was what got me. <laughs> I'm still, I, I mean, I appreciate it, John, but I, I am waiting to hear from the, uh, from the interviewed uh, individual here. No, yeah, please. I have no comment. All right, folks, Charlie appears to have no comment. Uh, with that, John, I'll kick it back no to comment. you. I think that that's more telling than any comment he could have given. Um, okay. Uh, well, Chuck, <clears throat> look into the future now. Uh, these last two will be looking into the future. Um, so what would you say that you're more nervous about in the coming months? Um, coming up short with your extra first-round pick or not having mommy to cook all of your meals for you next year. But far away the first round pick. Um, <laughs> okay. Is there any concern I, on the second I, one? No, I've been cooking for the last couple of weeks now, and I've not killed myself yet by food poisoning, so I think I'm okay on that front. Uh, when I, when I came the, home, what's I did, the main thing you've cooked? Yeah. So I did, I did uh, when I came home to that wedding, I had my dad do a little – a classic holiday sausage meat package for that together. So it's been a lot of like burgers and sausage and stuff of that nature. Do you do it on a, on an inside indoor grill that after first use produces toxic fumes capable of, no, I do. I've yet to breaking a hole in the ozone. Oh, that may be, that may be in the cards. We'll see. Uh, it's mostly on the stove. I will say. Okay, sure. Uh, well, what no, about the first round? I live in constant fear that I'm going to uh, have lost last year, but acquired all this draft capital, and then just fuck it up when the draft comes around. I live in constant fear of that happening. Of having a lady on bell pick? There's no, there's no excuse this time. Like, I'm literally yeah. positioned perfectly to do really well in this draft, and if I just fuck it up, it's just on me. Like, it was just my fault. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess that kind of is a good segue just for the question we ask everybody, uh, which I think is really for you the easiest to answer, um, yeah. which is what will be different about this year and make making the pitch for you to make the playoffs. I think it's pretty – the base on, the, on its surface, it's pretty self-explanatory. But I'll give you the runway here to answer anyway. As, well, as far as I see it, we're in the middle of a two-year plan that has been perfectly executed thus far. I have acquired the draft capital necessary. Now it's all about, you know, going forward making those picks. Now we're we are in uncharted waters. I could be sailing towards the new world. There may also be an iceberg dead ahead. I have no way of knowing until I get into it and see what see how this plays out. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. So I have the capital. I'm going to do a little bit of actual draft prep this year because I have a little bit of time. So I may actually the year that I won. I did my own player rankings, um, and I had a bit of an advantage or anything. I think I had saw some holes in the, in the ranking system that I was able to capitalize on. Um, so I'm going to try that again, see if that works with my draft capital. Maybe some other moves midseason or, you know, likewise, sort of going a Brian approach. And I offered a first-round pick this year to uh, get a player. Ooh. So a combination of those things. And – a 
recommitted resolve on my part, I think, will help propel me into the playoff conversation. I mean, I do think it makes sense to pivot from the from selling to buying in the immediate next year. You, if you're going to be all out, you may as well be all in the next season. Yeah. Or else, yes. then, uh, or else you like just you said, lost you, the league for really no reason. And you, you, and you never know how it plays out. Obviously, injuries will always be a factor. Different, you know, there will be breakout players all of a sudden that you don't see coming. So, um. But yeah, hopefully I position myself in a spot where I can. I'm only one or two moves away from from making that run. Chuck, you know what my favorite part about that response was was that you referred to it as a two year plan that was perfectly executed. Though the rule allowing you to gain an additional first round pick did not exist two years ago, so you are clearly playing no, 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 chess. No, no, no. We're at year we're, one of we're two. In the, we're in the middle. Of the it. perfect okay. execution was him. Losing the league. Okay, we're only in fifty percent of the. Okay. Yeah, we're half. We're halfway through a two-year yeah. plan. So the main, the real, the so basically, he's saying that one year ago, his optimal strategy was to lose the league. Uh huh. And then to later win. Right. And then to yeah. the second year was a winning year. To acquire the capital to then go out. Yeah, and lose the league, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, and you said yeah, that was the main the part. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's I was gonna give you so much more credit then because I thought you were going to reference that you had somehow you had like little fingered your way into creating the rule allowing you to get an additional draft pick so that you could lose the league and then win it afterwards. No, no, no. no. Um, okay. Just Good answer a on that one, Charlie. Of my statement on your part, John. On, and yeah, and, and really inexcused because I knew exactly what you meant. Uh, so could have been said better. That's all I'll say. Um, so, uh, really Charlie, this is the, this is the time that you, you get the floor to really lambast whoever it is you want, or, uh, just make any other kind of magnanimous comments that you would choose to, to have out there in the ether. So it's all yours. I mean, I would say for the first time, the sausage factory is really at a crossroads. You know, we've 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 now become a league loser. We've missed the playoffs. We can go one of two ways. We can turn left back into the playoffs and become once again one of the power dynasties of this league, or we could turn right and all of a sudden we're fucking Mike, Gary, and Brian. So uh, I would say that's really you know where we're at right now. Absolute um, win from Ben there. Escaping, <laughs> I was about to yeah. say escaping the stray bullets uh, from Charlie. <laughs> A dunking on Brian and an absolute W for Ben. The last I saw, the hood wagon was a playoff team. That's all I'm going to say. Last I saw, the hood wagon had a bye week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a, a bye week playoff team. A you know, and a couple of things we get division realignment again this year, which I still have to do. Um, you know, we, so yeah. we, we could be in a very favorite. I might be in a, in a division with those three, and then I would just be. I could become the greatest team of all time for two years. Um, so it's yeah, nice. So we're at a real cross. We're at a real crossroads right now, um, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to 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 make sure that we pivot back into the areas of glory and avoid the the depths of the league for an extended period of time. All right. Well, knowing your glory, you'll finish 500 and make the playoffs as a one seed. So that'll. Uh, I had, I've done great. that before. I was I, I was like the Cavs one year, numerous or, times. I was the Cavs one year. Well, I only had the buy one time. I think it was 20. 
17. I was like the Cavs. I was like I had like the third or fourth best record in the league, with the best one in the Eastern Division until I was the buy team for the playoffs. Yeah. All um, right, Chuck. Well, uh, I mean, really, your actions in the draft and in uh, in the season will speak for themselves. So, well, uh, looking forward to seeing you on the pitch this year. Should be a good one. Uh, as a little matter of league business, I will say. Uh, Please. Well, the draft will be – we'll schedule the draft at some point. around. It's always around Labor Day, which is kind of when yeah. our last preseason game is anyway. So somewhere in that vicinity. So keep an eye out for that. It will be a Zoom draft again, unless right. everybody plans on somehow being in the same spot. I don't see that happening. Um, and at some point we will do – we already have the order. We'll do division realignment either at the draft or right around there. Um, and we'll be good to go. That should be about it for uh, for the season. And with you two, at the rate you're turning on episodes, I look forward to seeing your next, your next episode about week five or six. So whenever that comes out, that will be uh, a really fun one to listen to. Eh, it might be. Um all right, Chuck. Well, thank you again for being here. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your um, schedule that was too busy for you to continue being a part of this podcast to begin with. Um, so yeah, no, we're, well, we're looking I, forward I, to seeing. I, I, I have some, I have some commish content ideas cooking. Yeah, uh, we've been hearing about that. Uh, yeah, we'll continue to disregard it until we see it for the first. Time. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, Charlie, based on the rate that you're putting out commish uh, video really content, content. Uh, yeah, we'll see that. Uh, you know, never. So we're looking yeah. forward to it. That's it. That's uh, it. That's all. Okay. I mean. <laughs> all right. Well, and now we're gonna move on to our next segment: family business. Thank you again, Chuck. How's your son? He made the team this year? He said he wasn't tall enough. All the glitter is my goal. Yeah, we gonna cook this son. not reality. is what you That's a new girlfriend. Okay, well, uh, that was that was a, a decent interview. Chuck was uh, more quiet than I was expecting him to be. I think he had the glasses and he was, like, determined to be a little bit, uh... He, I think he wanted to be calm as, like, that was going to be his vibe. Is like, I'm in control of this. I'm in control yeah. of my emotions. I'm in control of the conversation. And so my outcome is I'm just not going to be very interesting at all. So yeah. that's what Scott, folks. Um, it was funny it, to look at. It wasn't yeah. funny to listen to. Yeah, it was way more funny for us who are watching this, I mean, I don't know, Ricky Bobby-ass fucking fit that Charlie had going he but, was really, when Khan asked the question about Quincy, I swear to you, it was as though the river just got turned in a World Series of Poker match, and Charlie was just attempting to not smile. He really was not making any, well, I can't, I don't know what his eyes were doing, because he had sunglasses <laughs> on, um, but he was appear, apparently unable to, to engage, so that is, uh, that is really all that happened there. <laughs> yeah. Um... I forget, honestly, if at the end of the interview I introduced family business, but if I didn't, um, we're going to dive straight into our next segment, which is going to be family business. 
This is family business, and this is for the family that can't be with us, and this is for my cousin. Okay, so either there was a cut there, or I just paused for a second, and either way. Um, all right, Colin, why don't you walk us through, because this is a little different family business one, because yeah, I think it's so fun. I don't think the case of family can be really drilled down in any kind of one position, right? No. So I we're going to have three kind of sections. Oh, we'll have two kind of short discussion questions, and then, um, and then we'll do... More of like the game, uh, the game for this, yeah. this segment. Um, so I guess the first of the two questions um, is just what do, what do people think is the more more pathetic case of family moment? Sam drinking like six beers, shitting his pants, being really proud of it, and showing yeah. everyone the video, um, or Charlie losing the league. It's Sam. It's Sam. It's not close. That is, I don't like that. I've even seen the still image of that video, let alone the entire thing. Yeah. So I was going to try to make some sort of case like that, uh, taking pride in what you, what he had done sort of like mitigated it. But I really, in, in the, in the process of putting that argument together, I realized I just couldn't support it, um, (laughs) in any way whatsoever. So I think it's pretty clear that that is way worse. And honestly, a little bit miraculous that Charlie never, never did do that. There was the one party that we had where if Charlie didn't shit his pants, he did, he did release a pretty consistent stream of noxious fumes um, over the course of several hours in the basement and resisted all of our, uh imperatives that he check if he shit his pants um but well honestly, that's a schrodinger's cat situation at that point. my opinion on that has wavered and since i've been spent more time around zach after college and i've yeah. realized that the human body is actually capable of such an unabated release of methane uh so you know what i'll buy it uh so it really I, is i think i think i agree uh you could you guys can put in the chat if you think that if anyone has a case for Sam's conduct in that video, I'd love to hear it. I I honestly I honestly don't. I honestly don't want to hear it. Um All right, so then the second thing we're going to talk about is is a little segment called Drew's Cruise. Uh, so as you know, Andrew Kesa is now a um, graduate assistant at West Virginia football. And so I was curious, you know, we did the we did the school pride uh, team, the school pride sponsored athlete um, draft. I was like, could we do a West Virginia athlete draft? The answer is no. No, West Virginia <laughs> players suck. No, um, uh. and so we're just going to debate who who is the best active NFL player from West Virginia and why is it Geno Smith? Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to say Geno Smith and Colin is going to kind of half-heartedly try to prove me wrong because Geno Smith might be the starting quarterback of the Seahawks and everyone else might not get like 10 snaps this year. Yes. All those (laughs) things are accurate. Um, so it starts with Geno Smith. Um, we're only looking at, uh, fantasy players just for the record. I don't care. I would say actually the best player just looking at the list is, um, Rasul Douglas cornerback. Oh, He's actually, yeah, no. He's actually really very good. good, yeah. Um, so he would be the one that I would list. Um, oh yeah, Nuggets in the room with me. I can um, hear that. Yeah. I can hear that. Um, he's uh, yeah. He, he wants to go outside or something. I don't know. 
So here are the other options outside of Geno. So we got Will Greer. Um, that's going to be a no, not that's better a hard than pass. Geno Smith. Yes, we starting have, versus not starting quarterback, yeah. We have Gary Jennings, um, who is a wide receiver on the Chiefs. Um, Maybe. Okay. Uh, then we have um, Kevin White, who John has told me is one of the biggest busts. Uh, yeah. Hang on, I'm going to look this up. I, I should have already looked it up. He's the seventh pick in the draft in 2015. And he has, like, less than, like, 200 career catches. <laughs> like, it's it's bad. Um, hang on, let me... Oh, my God. Oh, dear Jesus Christ. Okay, so he was drafted at what was it? Seventh? Seventh. He was seventh. Here is Kevin White's career stat line. 26 receptions. 323 yards. Zero touchdowns. Hey, you know, his yards per reception is not that bad. <laughs> it's not terrible. If that was over the course of three games, he would be looking at like a real payday. <laughs> yeah. So we got Kevin White. So that's going to be a no. Yeah. So really the only competition for uh, Gino is Tavon Austin, who is in the league still. He is on the Bills. Shocking. Um. So if you think that uh, you'd rather have Tavon Austin... Uh, in fantasy than it than Geno Smith, uh, drop a drop a comment in the uh, in the Discord and and let us know. But I think it's Geno Smith. I mean, I, I really do. I don't see how Drew Locke is going to be the starter. Um, I, I think Locke, he should be the starter, but like, because here's the thing: as someone who uh, is a fan of the New York Giants and watched Geno Smith and Eli Manning's start streak for. Absolutely no reason. Geno Smith is not the answer. He will never be the answer. Drew Locke, like, maybe could turn things around or something. I don't know. Probably not. But he there's a higher ceiling. Why why would we feel any better about Drew Locke than Geno Smith in the if if it had been Drew Locke ending Eli Manning's start streak in the same circumstances, you would not have been any less mad. Here's the thing, Colin. Has Drew Locke uh, had a season cut short because a linebacker punched him in the face because he owed the linebacker money? I don't think so. Geno Smith, however, that did happen to. I guess. It that's, did. That's fine. That is a correct statement. Also, if I could just for one moment, uh, I was looking up Tavon Austin's stats, which briefly are 244 receptions for just over 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. Pretty bad given how long he's been in the league, but whatever. Uh, the real fun part is that uh, they list his um, nickname as uh, Pocket Rocket, which could not possibly be what he goes. I think he might actually hit someone if they walked up to him and said, like, hey, what's up, Pocket Rocket? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I would sure hope so. That's fucking brutal. Um, but yeah, no, it's Geno Smith. Um, start to finish, uh, he'll probably throw for like you know, he'll have an okay season probably. I feel like, and the rest of them probably won't see probably. the field. Yeah. All right. So then the real meat and potatoes of this segment um, is going to be uh, I'm going to call it how the sausage is made for yes. really no reason other than I just wanted to say that. Uh, it's I mean, not yeah. Really relevant at all. So it's we're going to go through each owner of the league and assign them a meat uh, or a product that is currently for sale at Holiday Sausage. 
Okay, can I ask a clarifying question here? Because I have some jokes tied into the regular menu rather than the meats. So are we doing it that way? Like it could be either? You could do either. I'm, okay. I mean, I'd primarily use the regular menu because, uh, or this is, for those of you familiar, this is the grill menu. Um, Which, by the way, <laughs> did you make this, that this is a Google spreadsheet? Or is this what you <laughs> There's a Google spreadsheet. If you go to look at their menu, is, it just gives you a Google this spreadsheet. This is the actual menu that's on the website. Can I I'll look at the metadata? Because there's a real chance that Charlie made yeah. this. This is the actual menu that's on the website. Of The two users that are listed are Anonymous Python and Anonymous Beaver. So, See, minor anonymous beaver and anonymous capybara, which I think is kind of fucking fantastic. So one of them is you. <laughs> Who is one, the other one? We couldn't say. One of them is me. One so it's, I'm the python, you're the capybara. I'm the capybara. So we, we just need to know who the, <laughs> the beaver is. Beaver? So if anyone knows who the beaver is, uh, feel free to reach out. Um, <laughs> so I figure we could just go in... Reverse order of finishing position. Well, I was going to do draft order. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That works, too. Order is completely arbitrary. So who, who has the first pick? Uh, so first pick would be Alex. Um, and this one, to me, is pretty straightforward, I think. I think Alex is ground veal. Ground veal. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit... He's gamey. <laughs> he's um, gamey. He's gamey. Veal is usually, like, more of a health-conscious type of option. Alex and his fucking quinoa, uh, they just, I feel like it lends itself to veal. I don't know why. Yeah, I, you know what? I'll, I'll allow ground veal. It won't I, uh, be your pitch, yeah. The, the only pitch that I was going to give is um, the lunch combo because <laughs> that, the, the lunch combo consists of a side. A side of chicken parm. <laughs> A side of barbecue pork chops, a side of <laughs> hash browns, and a drink, which is just such a ridiculous amount of, of things that you get. Um, and what I feel like I always get out of Alex is you get Alex is just everything put together. He is completely incompetent. He is completely a savant uh, at fantasy. He's got his weird fitness things. He's got his pint nights. And I just feel like this is a very confused menu item, and Alex is a very confused individual. Okay, wait, no. I, I I fully retract my statement, and here's why. Alex is a lunch combo because this item lists three <laughs> sides and zero actual main, like, chorus items. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly Alex. You will ask Alex, what do you want, like... Alex, design a menu item, and he will refer to three things to side and never give you what the actual main thing is. So, Alex, in my mind, is the lunch combo. Alex is a lunch combo. Oh, my God, that's fucking amazing. Um, okay. Uh, number, number two is Gary. Uh, <laughs> Gary? Gary didn't have a good one for, honestly. Um... um. <laughs> Uh, let me look through. Yeah, I'm trying to look through. It, you got to tabulate back and forth. Um, yeah, I actually need to open up the uh, the meats. Oh, I think, oh, I got the meats. Well, hold on one second. All right, so I think that 
to me, I think to me, Gary is like the ground chicken of fantasy. Um, in that, in that ground chicken is kind of like just a weird thing to get. Like, I don't really know. Um, I don't really feel like ground chicken is ever, is ever what I want, um, (laughs) to eat. And, but it also is like super safe. Like, I feel like you're not going to have any prepared, like ground chicken. That's like significantly better or worse than any other ground chicken. It's literally chicken ground up. Um, and Garrison, as he has discussed on this very podcast, is not really very good at fantasy. Uh, yeah. He's not <clears throat> intending to be good ever. Um, but at the same time, he's a pretty consistent performer in terms of that that shittiness. So, um, yeah, Gary's just kind of ground chicken fantasy player. I don't really know if I'd ever choose it uh, to be on my fantasy player menu. Um. Okay, I'm going to go with a similar strategy, but I'm going to go a little bit different, which is Gary's Fresh Kielbasa. Um, I don't know if you've ever had kielbasa, Colin. It's not my favorite. Kielbasa is, is it like, it's like most other, like, so, like, kielbasa's good. I like kielbasa, but it is really no different than, like, most other sausages, I think. And I think, essentially, what I'm trying to say here is that Garrison... Um, takes the same approach that a a Mike or a Ben might, uh, or at least arrives at the same result, actually. But the path is just gibberish. So, like, Garrison will wind up in the same place as Mike or Ben, but Garrison will also draft Joe Burrow in the sixth round when no one else okay. is taking him there. Yeah, like sort of the drafting from the heart thing that we've talked about. Yes, exactly. Um, that's that's what I'm thinking, is that Garrison is essentially just, it's the same thing, but it just goes about it in a kind of weird, unnecessary manner. Yeah, like you could just call yourself a sausage. Yeah. Um, but you don't, and what we end up getting is sausage. Yeah, you just wind up, and yeah, you order kielbasa, and you're like, ooh, this might be fun, okay. and then you just get sausage. I'm good with that. Uh and I'm not going to use kielbasa for anything else. So okay, right? Yeah, no. We once something's drafted, it's off the board. Um. All right. Next up, third, third Mike, pick right? is Mike. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. I'm gonna toss one out here. Mike is the Cajun specialty sausage because Mike is the only one who tosses some spice into our group. Yep. In terms of a. Uh, I completely agree that Mike is the Cajun specialty sausage. And on the menu, it actually is Cajun slash andouille. Or what does andouille, that mean? I'm andouille, not sure. Andouille. 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 I, think, I think it's andouille. Andouille. Um, I don't know what it means. A lot of the things Mike says don't make <laughs> sense. Uh, and uh, certainly his a lot of his fantasy decisions don't make sense. So I'm... Uh, I'm good. Now, I will say each of these is available in bulk, rope, link, or patties. Mike. So I think I think Mike is the Hermes link, Cajun, or slash Andouille. Mike is link. Um, Gary is patty, I think. Yeah. Um, All right, so I'm, I'm going to amend that. I'm going to amend that. All right, Colin, fourth is you. All right. Um, I personally think that i am a corned beef sandwich with a pickle slice 
Um, because I really feel like I almost always turn in a good performance. Um, it's it's underrated how hard it is to corn your own beef. It really is. And uh, and I think that you know I put in a pretty high effort every year. Uh, I put in the effort to corn my own beef, uh, build build from the from the ground up. Um, always good for one or two trades per season, uh, you know, which just sort of is showing that the groundwork I'm willing to do uh, for the squad. And then obviously, you know, it's nice to get a pickle slice on top, which is my uh, my one victory. One so, victory. That was so well said that I really don't have any any pushback. The only thing that I would have said was you're a whole slab because that's the one thing that does not include carbs that is on this menu. It, it also doesn't include a whole slab of what? <laughs> It just says whole slab. And it is uh, 1850. <laughs> Which is, for those of you keeping track, the same price as the lunch combo. Um, so, you know. All right, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with, you said the corned beef, right? The corned beef with a pickle slice. I, I like that. Um, okay, next up, we got Paul. So, I think Paul is two sloppy joes. <laughs> I was about to say that. Parentheses, <laughs> parentheses only. <laughs> because, first of all, the way that this is written on the menu is so fucking funny. Because it literally says two sloppy joes. And then as if it's like, to clarify to you that there's nothing on top, it has in parentheses only. That's oh all you get. And all is a great meal. Uh, but he's one that has yet to win the championship. And you so get two sloppy joes only. Only. You're not getting a pickle slice. You're not getting a side dish. You're not getting fries. You're not getting onion rings. You're getting two sloppy joes, and that's it. Don't and ask for more. Here's the thing, and that you're absolutely correct. Uh, that's already written in stone. Um, you'll all be saying at home maybe, well, maybe on this uh, menu – uh, it says, like, at the top, like, with a side of fries or coleslaw or something. No, each individual menu item includes what it comes with. This one, for absolutely no reason, says only... By the way, that includes the regular Sloppy Joe says it with fries directly yeah. next to it. You can either get one Sloppy Joe with fries or two Sloppy Joes. There is no option to get two with fries. With or fries. to get one without fries. No, if you want that, go fuck yourself. You get sent out. You better come back and you better uh, come back with a catalytic converter if you want to get that. Because apparently that's what holiday sausage needs. Um, Alright, next up is Chuck. Chuck has to just be... He's ground Chuck, right? He can... Okay, so you're going to go with ground... I think that's fair. I was going to say just Italian, like mild Italian sausage, um, as like it's just... He's just... He kind of does just look like an Italian sausage a little bit. Uh, he's laced with fennel. Ground Chuck is fair. He's Chuck, and certainly after last season, he he's is ground into an unrecognizable pulp of a fantasy owner. Um, is he ground he, Chuck or is he ground Chuck patties? He's ground Chuck. He's okay. not yet been formed into uh, anything resembling a patty. He's just an amorphous mass of ground Chuck at the moment. I think that's correct. I, I really do. No, I, I think that is the obvious correct choice. All right. Um, this is the tough one, in my opinion. Zach. 
What is the densest sausage that we have here? See, I was actually going to give Zach the whole slab. You were going to give Zach a whole slab? Because I was thinking, I don't know why, but I'm thinking Hungarian. So for some reason, the way that the fact that it doesn't say whole slab of ribs, (laughs) um, I just somehow when I look at Zach, I'm just like, man, that guy's the whole slab. That means a whole slab. And it's like slab of what? And it's kind of doesn't matter. Like he's got he's a whole slab of personality. He's a whole slab of 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 girth. Uh, He's just a whole slab. I mean, he also similar to. Two sloppy joes, parentheses only. Uh, he hasn't gone all the way, so I don't think he deserves a side dish. Ooh, um, okay. The whole slab, for those of you who don't know, does not come with a side. <laughs> does not come with a side. Um, it does not say only next to it, but it it does presumably not come with a side. So I think Zach's a whole slab. You sold me over. A lot of it has to do with the fact that my instinct told me Hungarian, and I know nothing about what Hungarian specialty sausage involves. So That's fair. I'm glad you were able to bail out of that one. Yeah, I feel good. Um, Brian is next. Brian is a country-style sausage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, can, I, I, I buy country-style sausage. Please make, please make a, a, an argument against, but I, that it drew my eye. I just what I don't have a good one. Um, I was going to give him the fish sandwich with fries. Uh, with with fries is, or with coleslaw and fries? No, just with fries. Okay. Um, for some reason, this is the only menu item where the side is listed on a separate line. It's additional um, money, I believe. It's four extra dollars it for is. the fries. It's so much is, more money. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, it's four dollars to add the fries. However, by the way, if you get coleslaw on top of it, it is only an extra dollar. Yeah, and so part of it was just that that didn't make any sense, which drew my drew my eye to it. Um, he has won a championship, right. but it was the first year, and so I liked that the the with fries was not like any of the others because. <laughs> It sort of is like a subclass of all the other wins where like no one, I don't think anyone ever really thinks of Brian as having won the fantasy league. Um, It sort of is just an unfortunate reality that we live with. So we throw it down on the second line and really he's just the fish sandwich and something about him stinks. And that's all, (laughs) that's all we really know. My only argument for country style is that Brian is from a farm (laughs) out in the country. (laughs) But really he's from like a cemetery. (laughs) <laughs> all right i'm gonna give you fish sandwich dot 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 with fries because uh that makes way more sense uh you had a, a much longer treatise than i did as to why that was the case um, i did make it up as i was going but it was really good and i had nothing M- mine was a knee-jerk reaction uh <clears throat> through and through the next up is Ben, and I want absolutely no responses. Uh, it's Ben is a beef short rib. Yep. Yep. I'm good with that. You're good with that. Is he, does he get? Do we get the cheesy hash browns and broccoli? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think you do. For sixteen dollars, people, you get a beef short rib with cheesy hash browns and broccoli. If you just get the short rib, it's only nine fifty. It's only nine fifty. It's a lot of hash browns. But there is a certain cost to getting all of Ben. So it's 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 a steep one at that. 
It is. All right, I'm good with that, John. I think that's it. Um, I'm not even going to write out the whole thing. All right, and the last one, if, uh, if, if you couldn't remember, is me. All right, well, I'll let you... I got to pick my own, so what do you think you are, John? Oh, I am... Um, I think that I am... I'm a mild Italian sausage extra lean. I think that that's what I am. Yeah. I was very ready to just counter you with something else, but that is about as as bland and accurate as it gets. <laughs> the only thing that I could come up with otherwise was ground plain pork. That, that was actually the one that I was going to use. Um, but that doesn't include extra lean. It does not. You could get ground beef extra lean, but there's nothing really beefy about you. So it's definitely just the mild, mild Italian sausage extra lean. Um, and, well, Colin, let me, could you fill this out for me? Am I in pork, link, or patties? Um, <laughs> Sorry, or rope. You're in rope. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt, you're in rope. <laughs> Maximum length. <laughs> All right, so just to reiterate, by the way, Colin, does this strike you as something that you and I find really funny right now, but everyone's going to be like, what the fuck are they Absolutely. talking Absolutely, if you're not actively looking at the holiday sausage menu and seeing how ridiculous it is that it's in a Google sheet, it looks like I can request access to edit. <laughs> so yes, I think it's very funny for me. But I don't know that it would be funny for anybody else. We're going to have to drop the links for this whenever this episode goes up. Okay. I do kind of want to go, though. Like, I do now. This lunch combo sounds absolutely cracked. How, how big is the side of chicken parm? That's all I want to know. How do you have a side of pork chops and chicken parm? <laughs> Both of those are full entrees. <laughs> All right, there you go. We're obviously having a great time. So I, hope, I hope anybody listening to this podcast is having at nearly as much. So I'm that was the crying. family business segment. Well, hang on, let me go through what we picked for everyone briefly. So Alex is the lunch combo uh, that we just mentioned. Uh, Gary is a, a fresh kielbasa patty. Mike is a Cajun link. Colin is the corned beef sandwich. Paul is two sloppy joes only. Uh, Chuck is ground chuck. Zach is a whole slab. Brian is a fish sandwich with fries. Uh, Ben is a beef short rib with a a truly ungodly amount of cheesy hash browns and broccoli. (laughs) And I'm a mild Italian extra lean rope. (laughs) I think that's about right. That feels good. That feels really good. Okay. Well, with that, uh, let's let's stop indulging ourselves and let's dive into the future of this league. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the twenty twenty two projection. Okay, so, Colin, why don't you walk us through uh, what Chuck is staring down the barrel of this year? Yeah, so we'll look at we'll we'll, we'll look pretty quickly. Uh, normally, in the past, we had to speculate as to the potential draft capital of the individual in question. We actually know for certain 
what Charlie's picks will be. Uh, he'll be picking at five in place of Paul um, and six in the first round. 15, uh, bagging only his own pick from the second round. And then he'll pick at 26 with his own pick in the third and 30 with John's pick in the third. Um, so obviously five picks in the first 30. I think that as far as the Paul one, it was about as good as could be expected. He got top five. Um, definitely probably would have wished for better out of John's pick. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think this would be for ideal him, for John because yeah. you then get to pick at 31. Yeah. Um, for your third player. Granted, the weight between 31 and uh, 50 uh, for your for your fourth player is going to be painful. It it will take a while. Um, I don't disagree with that. I think the bigger thing for me is that I feel like if I was Chuck, I would almost rather with his keepers have been like ninth or 10th with his pick. Like Paul's at five is really good to have it be like, cause, and we can discuss his keepers right now. So he has Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley and Devontae Adams all available in the first Clyde in the second Alan Robinson in the third chase Edmonds in the sixth Pollard in the 12th and ETN in the 13th. So effectively nothing. Um, Well, he'll keep ETN. He might keep ETN um, in the 13th, which I guess is just the only thing. But the thing is, if he had like nine, you could almost make an argument for let's just keep Devontae Adams and move on. Either that or Nick Chubb, honestly. Yeah, like you could realistically get like a pretty decent, like that is an overdraft probably uh, for either of those guys, or you could just take him regularly, but like you could still do it. Yeah, to just lock it in and know. Yeah, um, so I feel like that... Having five and six is going to be kind of nice because you can just take two really good guys, but it kind of takes him out of keeper relevance to me. Yeah, and to be fair, I think what he should do is just keep ETN, which is what I think he will do, and just he has a wealth of – he'll have five players by pick 30. Yeah. I really don't – you know, with everybody else, we could kind of debate. I really don't think there's much of a debate here. As far as the prospect of Charlie's season, it goes without saying that he's in by far the best position of anybody else. So yeah. he should, by all accounts, be a top four finisher in the league this year. And uh, if you just look at it from the draft standpoint, that is borne out. So the keepers, we did list them, but you know, I don't really think he needs to overthink that. Like He has enough picks that he basically has, has two keepers already. Because right. he gets the extra picks in the early rounds, and if ETN works out on a flyer, that's just another one. Right? That's true. That takes you over the top potentially. That takes you to like six third round, six picks in the th- first three rounds. Because if yeah. ETN ends up being a third round talent, which is entirely reasonable, yeah, um, he'd essentially have had six picks in the top thirty. Um, so, you know, he. I think this will be the shortest version of this segment. Charlie's in fantastic position. Uh, it's just a, mat- a matter of how karma decides to uh, rear its ugly head. Uh, yeah, and that's really the only thing that we can possibly like weigh is will Charlie's entire team get injured? Which is not. I mean, I don't think <sighs> that we can make that good entertainment that com- <laughs> that conversation. <laughs> so I feel like we might as well just say, hey. 
These are the, this is all he has going for him. It's a lot. Where do you think he finishes, John? I I would pick him in third, honestly. I was going to say third as well. Because, um, like, when you look at it, I'm trying to pull up, like, a... Even with a fantastic draft, it's just so hard to predict. Really hard. To project into the championship game. And um, so much goes wrong. I do feel like third is pretty safe. I don't really see him going lower than that. Uh, but or I don't see him lower than fourth, certainly. Because no. yeah. I, I think he'll probably have a bye. And um, and then it's just a matter of random, really, probability down the stretch. So I'm going to put him in third, and we'll see what happens. So really, actually, I think the only person... Oh, no, I think I picked Gary and Brian to stay in the loser's bracket. In the doldrums. Picked, yeah. And then I picked Mike and Charlie to go up. And I think the the fascinating thing is just, like, if Charlie walks out of the first round with, like, Justin Jefferson and, like, Najee Harris, like, you're looking great immediately. Yeah, you're fine. Fine. <sighs> Like you're turning around and you you feel pretty damn good about what you're staring in the barrel of, um, for sure. So I feel like that just it, his floor is so high this season. If you don't, if he stays, he has, he has what the extra picks are is protection against injury. Exactly, because you don't if your first and third round pick get injured, you basically still have an uninjured team, which is usually yeah. all it takes to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you no. take a healthy team. You you could have a solid, like, wide receiver, running back, and tight end. If you have those three things, you're gonna win a lot of games. Um, all right. Okay, so let's talk song of the season. Yeah. So I, I was, I thought about this for a little bit, um, and uh, I am. Against my better judgment, I'm going to go with Power. Wow. And really, it's because no one man should have all that draft time. <laughs> um, obviously, this is the first time that we've ever had this situation, this much of a concentration of resources in the draft. Uh, we'll see what how it goes. Uh, and then I like the idea of um, Charlie has embraced the kind of screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it mentality with both his fantasy conduct, his Deshaun Watson defense conduct, all just his general conduct. Uh, I do think he's fed off the haters for quite some time. And despite being a song that I enjoy, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Charlie for this year. I like that. I'm going to go with uh, the, the classic Justin Timberlake hit. What goes around comes around. Uh, okay. For two reasons. Uh, one, obviously, uh, if you're Charlie, you're hoping that everything turns back around for you. Uh, you just lost the league. You're hoping that that uh, swivels and you're all of a sudden staring on the barrel of a really good season. But the second thing is that if you're Charlie, you're really afraid of karma coming back around on you uh, and absolutely burying you under the sheer force of, of what you did to this league last season. I like that it goes both ways, John, so I'm going to throw my support behind your pick. Okay, so there you have it, the song of Charles Case of the fourth season.
what goes around comes around. Uh, Colin, uh, that, that's about going to do it for us here. Do you have any other thoughts before we, we close out Hog Knox? No, that's going to be the end of Hog Knox. I hope, uh, I guess the 2022 edition, I hope that everybody enjoyed it. Uh, this was definitely the first innovation that I brought to the podcast. So I, yeah. uh, I hope everyone liked it and, uh, we'll try to put out a satisfactory product as we move into the season. Um, but it's been a pleasure doing these four quick episodes. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think these were, this was a really awesome idea. I think this was a fun thing. I think nothing encapsulates how good these were better than Ben bemoaning the fact that he didn't get to do them because he actually made the playoffs for the first time ever. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a very good sign for what we got going here. So yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, the many other ways that this takes shape in the future. And some of the other uh, innovations that we see as we get into the season proper here, but uh, yeah. So if you don't, if you don't want to be on hog knocks next year, uh, then I hope you have a good season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cross your fingers and hope. Um, all right. Well, that's about going to do it for us. Uh, we probably won't be with you guys until the pre-draft episode. We'll see whenever that is. Maybe we'll sprinkle in another off season episode if we get a good idea, but um yeah it could be a little bit here until you guys hear from us again but until you do peace go deck
No comment on that matter. 